Technology is constantly evolving on a daily basis, proving that just when we think we've figured something out, we have just scratched the surface. Hi, I'm Dylan Drake, the Advanced Manufacturing Product Manager for Phillips Federal, and your host for the TechShift Podcast. Strap in as Adam Penn and I sit down to discuss education and AM, advanced workforce development, and even new manufacturing achievements for space travel. Contributing over 20 years of hands-on experience with digital transformation of global manufacturing, 3D design engineering, business development, and digital media, Adam began his career in engineering at TI Automotive as a cab designer for the global automotive and aerospace industry. He then contributed a decade of business development and campaign management at worldwide metrology industry leaders Faro Technologies and Creform. Adam is recognized as a proponent of continual education, being an active servant leader, influencer, and mentor dedicated to improving the global 3D, CAD, CAM, and additive manufacturing community. Now let's jump on in. Welcome to the TechShift Podcast, Adam. How's it going? Wow, Dylan, hello. It's awesome to be here, man. Great to talk to you. Good to have you on, man. It seems like uh, it's been a bit. Glad to have you on. Ever since uh, we last saw each other, it seems like you've been everywhere. Yeah, a bit of that, right? Uh, I guess when you're talking about last saw each other, we worked together uh, for a while too, but uh, we've been seeing each other in the interim, but we did work together uh, pre-pandemic at yeah. EOS North America. We could, like, we could, share, we could shake hands and, and whatnot. Yeah, when we went into the office together, I should say. That's even more, um, you know, uh, uh, detail that should be known. We were in the office every day. So that was, uh, that was those were the days, man. So maybe for the people that are listening that don't have as, uh, as, as deep of a relationship as I do with you, uh, could you give kind of a, a brief background of uh, where you've been and where you are now? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thanks. Um, you know, uh, spent the last couple of decades in in the manufacturing industry. Um, you know, I started out, uh, you know, as a in an engineering as a CAD designer. You know, doing uh, CAD engineering for the automotive industry, HVAC, that kind of stuff. Uh, really got me involved in like uh, parametric modeling. You know, and that's where I, everything in my head just went wild looking at what can be done inside of uh, the 3D world, you know? Um, so that's really where it kicked it off. And I got a lot into hardware and software, um, was even a, a big part of metrology for a long time. Uh, for about 10 years, I worked in that field for Ferro Technologies. And then another company called Creaform. I was their first North American salesman over there. But uh, yeah, at Ferro, I worked all the way through from the engineering uh, side, uh, you know, being on, on the CAD design side and engineering to all the way to uh, you know, working in support, application hardware support and everything else and, and being part of uh, inside sales, outside sales and a little bit of marketing and then took that, you know, into further in the industry doing sales across the board uh, for metrology and CAD equipment, inspection, reverse engineering. But that's where I started to see 3D printing projects, you know. Uh, everything from um, working with the old object printers, uh, you know, and uh, taking them out on the on the road with any kind of you know, reverse engineering inspection, laser scanning, surface scanning, you know, point cloud collection. So great time doing that. And that's where I got to see a plethora of different uh, applications out there in the field, like you say. Um, you know, I've been in and out of a lot of these manufacturing facilities across the U.S. and uh, in Europe, you know, seeing a lot of things happening. And uh, it's been a wild ride to see digitalization come inside of manufacturing. You know, uh, when you and I ended up uh, over at EOS, I was there for five years uh, before the pandemic. Uh, a lot of great things. And that was even before GE was uh, was involved as being a competitor. They were uh, our, the number one customer when I joined. And then obviously now that they have their own uh, 3D printing and stuff. So 
lot of different changes, man. It's been a wild ride. But uh, now, uh, ever since the pandemic, I've been more of working with orgs and organizations to bring things to the forefront. I now work currently with ASME, the American Society of Mechanical Engineers. And mm -hmm. I focus on additive manufacturing and digital twin, you know, and that's everything content from uh, the website, which is additivemanufacturing.com. I got the podcast, which is AM Voices and a new show every other week called AM News Live and all the additional content that we bring out that focuses on AM on additivemanufacturing.com. So a uh, little bit of a little bit of everything, man. Uh, it's exciting <laughs> times and it's exciting to be with here with you because uh, I love uh, being able to share a little bit about what's been going on and what's been happening, man. It's It's fun times. Well, you beat me to the plug, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, man. Hey, it's all in there, man. This is a great podcast, too. Tech Shift, you do a wonderful <laughs> job here, man. I appreciate it. So you brought up uh, digitalization. So what are some other topics you're currently having in and around that you know, specific uh, realm? Ah, no. Um, it, you know, it's it's all, everything outside of, you know, what happens in 3D printing additive manufacturing mm -hmm. more than what happens at the machine. You know, we always mm -hmm. talk about the whole you know, from design, from concept to simulation, to testing, uh, then to actually production and then post-production, what's happening after, you know, your supply chain out there, big buzzword. But uh, there's a lot that has to happen out there with, um, you know, inventory control and uh, product management and changes and upgrades and everything else that happens post putting it out in the industry. So mm -hmm. all of that, you know, it's like looking at the whole digital factory and, and what's happening with the digital twin, obviously used in different arenas. But when we're talking about manufacturing, it's how you actually can take a product and then look at its material composition, simulate some of the things that might happen to it and uh, make your decisions based upon those kind of results. We see that even focused in additive manufacturing, being mm -hmm. able to kind of look at different build options uh, and to see if it is even the best option to go with AM, because a lot of times it, it might not be. You might have another process that actually works better for you. And, and we see that uh, challenge a lot, finding the value and really coming through with what can be done inside of 3D printing. For sure. And I think uh, you hit the nail on the head saying, uh, you know, finding those applications, because not everything makes sense for AM, right? Mm -hmm. And we've, uh, you and I've seen quite a few things that were built, especially at conferences. And you're like, why? Why did you do that? <laughs> So it's it's good whenever I, like people actually take in consideration like challenges first rather than saying can we can we build it it's really should you yeah <laughs> why then, you know and it's it, I I want to say it's important important to note the actual maker and creative part of this industry you know um, we mm -hmm. work in production so much but a lot of that creativity happens in those little goofy little prints you see you know all the fails and redos and attempts and coming at it from a different angle and finding a new way to make something happen. So, um, you know, it's a lot of that creative energy that actually I love to see come into the production world because we're seeing so many creative new designs out there. It's it's exciting. What are some of the leaders, I guess, in that space that you're seeing right now? Yeah, I mean, that, there's a lot of applications that, that stick out are the ones that, I, you know, maybe you and I see and people might not see outside of the industry. Uh, you know, with rocket propulsion and what's happening uh, with different even materials used there. But my gosh, uh, you know, we're 3D printing walls with cooling channels inside of them that are mm -hmm. actually, you know, taking us further into space uh, for, you know, less money. I guess that's what it boils down to uh, with mm -hmm. these incredible designs. And, and you're seeing them across the board, you know. Um, you know, there's huge uh, sides of the world. Even I was out in Long Beach, California, a couple months back. Uh, ASME had a a summit out there, the Additive Manufacturing Industry Summit, and uh, we had a good time seeing different things out there. I did get to visit 
what's called space beach in long beach you know i heard and, about that yeah yeah so my gosh i got a wonderful tour i got to call it out in a morph 3d ivan madera actually uh, brought me around his his new uh, 100,000 plus square foot facility uh, out there advanced manufacturing center to actually you know support what's going on and what we're talking about but everywhere was spacex rocket labs you know virgin orbit you know everyone's in that uh technology complex and it, it's actually uh very new is it looks like a brand new development out there and they have their own whole foods in the center of it so uh, <laughs> you just kind of get this you get this idea of it's a lot bigger than um it used to be for sure but it's happening you know advanced manufacturing and 3d printing is being incorporated in all of these big programs and it's a big part of taking things to the next level finding that value right in the application they've they've found it there uh so that's that's been really exciting and you see all the things like heat exchangers uh, that can never be manufactured any other way because layer by layer you can create more surface area in our kind of uh, uh, build platforms and, and uh, different technology. So it's 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 wild. Those designs are beautiful. Again, going back to artwork, we're seeing the most artistic designs inside of you know heat exchangers. It's like wow. Um, so yeah, I, I see a lot of the reality of that happening right now, which is which is very impressive from the kind of the dreams of the early days going from prototype now mm -hmm. into the production world, which is a reality. Heck, we're even doing uh, rocket nozzles, right? From DD. That's crazy. Got, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Directed energy deposition, another great technology um, that, that's being used out there. And I could even see that. And we're seeing that being taken out to space programs because of how it can be used. Uh, you know, powder bed might not be so good because powder can go everywhere in those certain situations. But, mm -hmm. you know, cold spray and some of this directed energy deposition going out into the outer space programs is is a big deal. So mm. all the technology has a specific use now, and we're seeing more of those applications develop. So very exciting. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I would love to go down there and see that, especially now that they got a Whole Foods. Now you can call it a town, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> it, it, it was weird. It just looks like a giant, like you're used to a giant industrial complex. You know, this huge blank bill, kind of like their EOS complex over there in, in Pflugerville. Um, but, you know, very modernized and 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 large, you know, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's so big and they employ so many people. That's what it really is. You're in one area big enough to put a little town center in the middle of it where you could, you know, keep those people happy that are there all day. <laughs> um, yeah. So just uh, a great uh, mark of the improvement of advanced manufacturing. That's awesome. So it's it's really kind of showing you know, the use case of where we were just, what, 40, 60 years ago versus now. It's now we have instead of just NASA kind of being the, the main point of getting us to space, it's now that we have private industry taking the lead on this. It's crazy. It is. It is. NASA does a lot of great stuff, as you know, and on the federal side with the standardization, you know, mm -hmm. with what's happening. Um, and those are some of the big gaps that are really a challenge for the industry. You know, you, know, you look at manufacturing as a whole, and mm -hmm. manufacturing has been doing things for a long time uh, that has set standards in place, processes in place. And AM is is still trying to figure that out between the technologies and the applications. There's many different technologies, there's many different applications. So locking them down and actually making them a consistent manufacturing method is is where we are in production manufacturing, picking those applications, finding out how to do that. But it takes all the different organizations getting together, the DOD, you know, everybody, like we said, from NASA, NIST, ASTM, uh, even America makes ASME, of course. 
mm -hmm. doing great things to talk about those things, standardize those things, push them forward, find the processes that we all can use to uh, to kind of just make things better, to scale the industry. You know, that's that's the dream. Yeah, and kind of adding to that is if you're not in this industry, it's hard to realize the differences between the technologies. So whenever, before I even jumped in, I thought additive manufacturing was additive manufacturing. Why can't they just build things and like build a desk? Why can't yeah. they just build a desk with wood and metal and all these other things? So it's it's good to have the education piece to say like not all of them are made necessarily equal, but what is the current challenge and what are you trying to achieve will depend on that technology that you're trying to use. And I think that whenever you're in the, whenever you're in it, like we are, it's like, well, well, yeah, duh. Right. Yeah. But on the outside looking in, there's so much tribal knowledge that we don't like for the, for the most part, we, we, I mean, I used to take for granted until we started teaching people and I was like, Oh, Oh, there were, there, there were where I was a few years ago where I thought it was all the same yeah. and it's, it's totally not. It, it, it is, it isn't. And that's the education part, right? That we're, cause mm -hmm. even you, like you said, even someone like you or I who've been around it for a while, there's so many different things and in nuances with technologies and processes. And then like we said, then you go to the application, the application changes everything once you're inside of it. Um, so yeah, uh, a lot of that is kind of been called the wild, wild west of, of uh, additive manufacturing. Uh, I heard someone recently in hybrid manufacturing call it the the potpourri, which I liked it. It sounded a little bit, uh, <laughs> a little bit better, I guess, than wild west, but uh, it's true. Um, and that's a good point. Hybrid manufacturing, you know, um, like we talked about earlier, AM isn't the answer for everything. 3D printing isn't the answer for everything. Um, there's been a lot of great things that it has shown to supplement, especially recently. And again, the buzzword supply chain, you know, right. But, you know, you've got to be kind of, uh, aware of its value and you have to kind of be in it or talk to people around it right now to get there. And that's why bridging those gaps in education and, and kind of spreading the words, uh, you know, organizations like America makes do a lot with education out there too, in the industry, um. And this goes back. I mean, even look at the, uh, you know, the Department of Defense side, everything from DARPA that was started years ago, you know, that's mm -hmm. the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, right? And they were, I, I know there was a quote that said they wanted to do uh, programs to create like a digital thread, you know, connecting design and, and everything through the whole process of manufacturing. And that's what we're talking about here, right? I mean, that's really where we are now is that digital thread and connecting everything that's happening from beginning to end, like we talked about in design, simulation, testing, production, post-production. Uh, that's that thread that they talk about on the digital thread side that we're really trying to identify inside of each application, each technology, mm -hmm. each process. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of people folks down the work now. So it's it's getting to be uh, more more than hype and it's getting to the excitement of the reality. Yeah. As a high level, you think of like a digitalization or like a part library, and you're thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. And then you start pulling it back kind of like supply chain. It's like, wow, nope, I thought I knew, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's 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 unique to each individual situation. Exactly. Right? So I remember like even, uh, you know, working at EOS, uh, you know, everywhere the, the answer was, well, it depends, you know, <laughs> and that's across the board of manufacturing, really. It depends where, you know, what you're getting into. Um, but that's the exciting part is, is a lot of these processes are becoming um, 
duplicated, you know, they are scalable, you know, people mm -hmm. are sharing knowledge more and it's getting out there. It's becoming, you know, kind of standard, standardized processes and ways of doing things that we never had before. A uh, long way to go, a lot of the gap to fill, uh, but it's underway, you know, um, uh, I think uh, I brought up earlier talking to you, uh, we've had that program that Biden launched earlier this year called the AM Forward program, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and uh, I had the opportunity even to speak with uh, the, the president of Astro America, who is, is supporting that whole program, uh, Neil Oringer. And uh, he's a he's a great guy. Really has a lot of depth, a lot of detail. He's just recently on the pro the uh, the podcast that one will be coming out soon. But that program is doing everything we're talking about, kind of filling in those gaps, getting all these different entities together on the mm -hmm. government side and the federal side to talk to the OEMs, to talk to the suppliers, and start talking about how to bridge the gaps in finance, mm -hmm. you know, R and D and qualification. And then, you know, getting out into what we've just been been harping on here is the education side. So that's kind of what they're looking at doing is, is bringing those conversations together across the board. And that's an initiative from the government. So thank God for those kind of things. I mean, that's really what we need to see is uh, people pushing that larger agenda. Right. Education is huge on this. It's almost as if, you know, kind of under, I, I like to use the analogy, uh, when you really need an Apache helicopter, but you're using a, like a, a used Corolla. So it's, it's when is what, when and where is what technology is going to be actually useful for what you're currently looking at. And I think that's where a lot of the education piece where, you know, at, at you know, uh, America makes really comes into play on this. Um, I know speed 3d has a lot of educational pieces. I mean, out of minds, uh, perfect for that. Sure. And, Putting out, you know, as much information as they currently have. They have a huge e-learning platform now, just on DMLS, and they're actually branching out to other part, uh, parts of uh, that technology as well. And yes, every everyone's trying to get a plug in, and it's just, it's. I think it's really good, especially given the fact that just a few years ago, unless you were going to make a purchase on this system, and even after you maybe you sent out a PO, you didn't really get to learn anything about it, yeah. which is crazy. Right. So it now is. it's now it's completely available. You go on YouTube and you can you can at least get a good like 60,000 foot view of, you know, what the technology is. But now you can even get into a granular level. How do you develop materials per a specific technology? And that to me is just mind blowing because I started from where it was all tribal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, that's the digital age, right? Uh, from yeah. tribal knowledge to shared knowledge. You know, it's there's there's more ways of getting out there and getting education. Um, if you want it, you can go get it, you know, that, that type of thing it's there for you. Um, what about the applications we're seeing, you know, talk, I wanted to talk about the actual cool things that I've been seeing in the last couple mm -hmm. of years coming on the federal side, mostly from developments. Have you, you know, have you seen any of these large, like shipping containers that they're doing, you know, with the different technology inside of different pods or shipping container, what are they calling these where they're taking them out in the field and mm -hmm. actually with a, you know, a, a large size printer, that's actually able to do and address situations that were not able to be dressed out in, out in the field, out in deployment. Uh, so mm -hmm. this to me is the testing grounds, right? This is where the reality, the rubber hits the road. Totally. You're looking at things that you have to do in certain circumstances and you need a solution. And this is now another value we're talking about. It's a solution that wasn't available before. And now we're seeing companies actually start to have this available, start to deploy them, start to use them out, out in, in the federal side. So what have you seen on that? Because that to me is really cool. 
See, I, I've been in a lot of conversations as far as trying to utilize um, DMLS uh, in the past, yeah. but from what I've really seen uh, is a lot of uh, kind of point of need, um, especially like in the FDM, like Mark Forge has been a huge leader in this because oh, obviously nice. non-combustible, right? Yeah. So you have, to take, you have to keep that in, in, in mind whenever you're out there as far as the warfighter is concerned, right? The last thing you want is what they're trying to fix to end up hurting your soldier. Um, but what, what have you seen, Adam? Well, uh, again, and that, that's, that's what you hear when we're, when we're on our side, but I, I was trying to figure out too, because the obvious applications that maybe aren't so crit, well, they could be obviously if you're dealing with tooling, jigs and fixtures, whatever parts you're making are critical parts uh, mm -hmm. out in the field. Um, so that those are the kind of things that I'm wondering, like the, the growth of that, you know, what, how do you educate out in the field? Someone who like we're, we're seeing, if you're talking about a laser powder bed fusion process, you, know, you have right. a PhD back in the lab, you know, kind of running that stuff. And then you have to kind of translate that to the man, the man or woman out in the field. Uh, you know, there's that, that's that again, getting back to that education gap and how we make it a little bit easier turnkey. Some of the, some of the technology, some of the applications have that level now where they're getting a little more, here's the recipe it's ready for you just you know you can kind of get things in there set up your design and press the button and it should be printing what we're making here you know <laughs> yeah but um yeah I, I the reality of that i think it's in its infancy stage uh the testing that's being done um but it, it has been now those are that's recent news i think you know i've seen that the, was it x1 was doing a press release on it in 2021 mm -hmm. so as far as actually having these things out in the field for a long time and getting the results and knowing uh what we're actually solving and uh that education that's coming back takes time like anything else you know we're gonna have to see how that pans out as time goes on but it's taking the steps it's actually having this available now that something that wasn't available again it's now those conversations that are being had out there that weren't had to educate the different parts of the process um we're in that that mm -hmm. uh you know it's it, it's a it's a progress it's a progression of time we have to see how this all pans out being such a groundbreaking bleeding technology now it's it's getting into the manufacturing world of actual process production, you know, and then that gets mm -hmm. that gets locked down in a lot of ways. So here we go. One thing I see, or a couple of things I see, is being things that could be utilized now um, that would maybe mitigate a lot of the the health risk or the the safety risk would be mm -hmm. like WAM, DED, okay, uh, yeah. friction stir. Those are all things that I feel like maybe we could, uh, I guess, DED or um, or the government, if they're wanting to have like this, these units out in the field or with the warfighter, that they could really, you know, all they have to do is level it out and throw it, you know, turn it on and it goes to town. Uh, it really kind of mitigates a lot of those uh, those risks. And maybe another thing that I'm thinking kind of off the top of my head now is sure. um, having cold spray as like repair, right? So what happens if, you know, the tank, you know, gets gets hit or something happens with, you know, some specific part and they have the material and they can go in and pull, pull something in CAD or um, draw it up in, in their system and do repair on site. That would be something that would be awesome. That would be that would be so sick to see kind of like seeing it actually be out there in, in the working field. So I, don't know, I, there, I think there's a ton of untapped potential out there that. Um, we here in the additive space could could really kind of leverage and, and, and promote that as the best way possible. And again, like you said, it starts with education, right? How do they know what they don't know? We have yeah. to tell them. 
Yep, yep, yeah. You got to get the old, uh, you know, you gotta raise up the volume a little bit. Start uh, <laughs> start getting more people involved. Yeah, it's it's an interesting time, and, and it's it's been a lot of that hype cycle versus reality, you know. And a lot of people sometimes get caught up in the hype because they're not so educated about what really can happen. Uh, but once we're finding those values, improving those values, I mean, geez, we're talking about things that are taking stuff into outer space. Talk about cr flight critical parts and things like that. Uh, that means that we're at that that stage, right? We're at that stage where it can scale and it will scale, and we're seeing it. We're seeing all these advanced facilities open up. We're seeing all the partnerships starting to happen. We now have this initiative coming straight from the top, you know, with the AM uh, forward. So mm -hmm. very interesting. Again, that's brand new. You know, we got to put this into perspective. We haven't had the time play out to actually see how these things are really going to affect the positive uh, manufacturing processes that we are we are working towards. So uh, here we go, man. It, it is uh, more more than hype. It's a reality. Right. AM4, is, I think, is just the, the start, right? Yeah. So I think it's definitely going to spur off to be much, much larger. And I think there's going to be other large projects coming down the pipeline that are going to take people off, you know, off the rocker. And they're going to say, we're utilizing additive for what? And it's going to just, it's going to be adopted even more so than what we already, what we're already seeing right now. And I think this is going to be absolutely amazing, but maybe to put you kind of maybe a little bit on the spot here. Sure. How, uh -oh. how could, how could, I guess the government or private sector kind of bridge that gap of education with added manufacturing, you know, within digitalization, um, manufacturing production, serial production, and how, how could, how could they capitalize on that? Yeah, well, well, the good news is we we've talked a bit about that already, and it's already happening, and it's just you know fostering the the atmosphere for those conversations, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the open educational conversations between the right people. Mm -hmm. You know, the AM Forward program has kind of brought that to light. Um, we we are now seeing a lot of that across the board with education, with open conversations, with you know, the, the OEMs would not talk to the suppliers a lot of times because it was just something that they you know it, it happens and it's done. Now it's like let's have a bigger conversation about how we can improve these things, how we can incorporate the new technologies like additive manufacturing in mm -hmm. the supply chain demands. And we've seen that even, you know, back at EOS, you know, part selection was a big part of it and actually running through companies and saying, hey, let's take a look at all of your parts, see what ones are actually good for AM and have a value, you know, versus saying I'll, I'll print anything, you know, <laughs> which is a waste of a lot of companies time. So I just think, uh, you know, to go back what that is uh, looking at, you know, like AM Forward program, looking at finance, looking at mm -hmm. um, R&D and qualification and looking at education. You know, those are the three things that are really, you know, they're, they're really need to get through get to get to the next level. We need to kind of talk about those things, get past them and start to set the standards that take us to the next level. So um, the good news, there is already people doing this. And like we said, that, that there's a lot of the uh, a lot of getting over that hump is having the the actual initiative coming from the top. So it's not just us, us begging for it to happen, which is what mm -hmm. the industry has been doing for many years. Now mm -hmm. it's actually the rest of, of manufacturing saying, how can we talk about these things and make it better? So I guess the biggest thing is, is the education side. I, I would I would boil it down to like that we talked about, the more that we can get the education, the conversations the more everything falls in place with the finance and the R&D, the qualification, everything else that needs to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, we're here. And I think that 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 uh, that initiative definitely brought that, like you say, a call to arms, a, 
a way to say this is the time to talk about it and this is what's going to make america great again you know <laughs> to, to say uh, america makes what we do <laughs> how we do things um it's uh it is it is uh, great to see uh, a manufacturing come back to the us you know there's a lot of things mm -hmm. that 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 really comes down to is how we're actually working together here to overcome those challenges right and um i'm i think we're hopeful for that so we'll, we'll see how it goes man but uh it's good partnerships like you're doing out there at Phillips with with the rest of the uh, with the government out there and actually making these programs make sense. Uh, I know you look, do a lot of work with the G, GSA and how that's actually set up so people can make it easier to purchase these things. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a big part of education because companies don't know how to do that. You know, I work for a lot of private companies that would love to get their products on the GSA list, you know. Um, but, yeah, bridging those gaps and that education is a huge part of it, too. Mm hmm. Yeah, a GSA is no joke. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, it's it, not. It, it, it's not. It is not simple to to get on. But one, man, it is. It is basically the government's Amazon. Bottom line. So, yeah, yeah. You're not on there. You're not anywhere. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to maybe expound on that a little bit, I think it's extremely important to know, you know, to to point out how crucial AM Forward actually is and what Biden just did. It's yeah. because he's now creating a faster rate of adoption for AM across the board mm -hmm. because you know, I guess the the initial investment for these companies to see if they're actually going to be useful, he just made it so much sim more simplistic, sure. right? And uh, these other projects are going to be coming down the line as well are going to be taking a lot of that initial investment risk and mitigating that risk, that financial risk. You know, it always it mostly always starts with you know the the company's pockets, right? So, does it make sense to to make that leap? Well, now we're we're being um, we're putting manufacturers in a space where we can mitigate a lot of that risk by utilizing these types of projects to become partners on AM Forward or whatnot like this. So, I feel like that is something that it's it's crucial that the government is getting involved, and and I'm so happy to see that being the case here. We're now making it more simplistic to put private companies in a place where they can actually utilize their R&D labs, utilize their, the smartest people in the world right now to push this technology to the next uh, the next step. Because that's really where it's gonna be taking us. And most of the development is gonna be done by these companies and yeah. we need them to do their work. Yeah, big time, man. It's a great point there. I think uh, we got a lot of great things to look forward to, but the reality is that we do have to communicate and work together to make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a team uh, team initiative here. It's not one size fits all. Come on, man! Just this, what happened to that easy button? You just press it and it prints, and it's all yeah. I think that you commercial know. stopped in the nineties. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, yeah, exactly. The, the reality sank in. Yeah, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, well, Adam, thank you so much for coming on. I had a wonderful time speaking with you, and I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, you know, the next upcoming um, episodes of your podcast come through and seeing you at the next conference, man. Definitely. And yeah, check us out on additivemanufacturing.com. And I've definitely loved being here on the Tech Shift podcast. So thanks again for the invite. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Take care, buddy. If you would like to hear more from Adam or want to keep up to date on all things additive, check out additivemanufacturing.com or catch Adam on the AM Voices podcast and AM News Live. This podcast is sponsored by Phillips Federal, the leader in the federal marketplace. I'm your host, Dylan Drake, and thanks for listening to the TechShift Podcast.